0: Hi guys, welcome to Learn Kenyan Law with Wanjiko. I am your host, Wanjiko Mwangi. And for today, we're going to be talking about devolution. But before we delve deeper into it, I will let the guest for today introduce himself. Karibu sana.
1: Thank you so much. Uh, My name is Mwinga Mwadziwe. I am a student of law at Mount Kenya University Parkland's Law Campus and also the president of Mount Kenya University Students Association, Parkland's Law Campus.
0: Okay, karibu sana and thank you again for being here today. And I would really um, want you to help us unpack devolution. We know that devolution is one of the major changes that the constitution, that was adopted by Kenyans on um, 2010, this was the major change, you know, that um, that affected us, or rather, that was one unique thing that we had. So tell us, what do we mean when we when we say devolution? What is devolution?
1: Um, <clears throat> the the concept of devolution uh, mainly refers to the transfer. Or statutory delegation of powers from the national government to a lower government or a regional administration.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so uh, Kanu Kanu was um, mainly comprised of the the large ethnic groups in Kenya, and Kadu Kadu came in to advocate for you know the delegation of power so that uh, the, the 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 larger powers that are held by Kanu could be delegated to Kadu. So also that was a form of. Uh, a form of devolution mm-hmm. but basically it is the transfer of powers from the national government to a lower government or an administrative uh, unit in a region
0: yeah that is well understood and I like the fact that you've told us um about the history um of devolution which we didn't know it as devolution we just knew it as other words so um take us through the framework of devolution according to our constitution
1: Um, the constitution of kenya 2010 as you stated is actually what uh gave birth to to devolution and uh, article 174 of the constitution of kenya that is chapter 11 talks about the objects of devolution uh the purpose of devolution and um, it is to promote democratic and uh, accountable exercise of power remember as you devolve powers to the to the grassroots to the grassroots it is easier for you to monitor you know and hold uh, the local governments or the county governments accountable from that end because you have really narrowed down other than the larger national government also it fosters national unity because it recognizes diversity you know yeah uh, the structures of of the county governments which are 47 uh they vary because uh we come from different backgrounds, cultural backgrounds, and therefore, devolution the seeks to uh, to recognize that diversity. If we come from, let's say, Maasai land, you are deep rooted into culture. If maybe you are in Nairobi, it is entrepreneurship and business. Also, it recognizes the rights of communities to manage their own affairs. Remember, it gives that sense of belonging, that sense of self-governance. It also promotes social and economic development. We have devolved functions that are, Uh, Functions that have been devolved, like uh, ECD, education. We have uh, water, roads that have been devolved. It also enhances checks and balances and and separation of powers uh, between uh, the governments. Also, it facilitates the decentralization of state organs and their functions. Like Huduma Center now, uh, Huduma Centers are almost in every county. So they have been distributed countrywide, but based on the counties. So that one has enhanced service delivery. Yeah, and uh, it recognizes the rights of communities to manage their own affairs, to manage their own affairs. If they are Trukana's in Trukana County, how do they manage their own affairs without necessarily large involvement of the national government? Yes.
0: Yes, that's great. Thank you for taking us through that. Um, the next thing that I'd, probably, something that I'd probably want to add still on the topic of devolution is, of course, Article 1, Subsection 3, and Article 1, Subsection 4. Of course, Subsection 3 of Article 1 talks about how um, sovereign power under the Constitution is delegated under the state organs that we normally have. That is the legislature, executive, and judiciary. And of course, even subsection four talks about um, sovereign power being exercised at the national level and at the, le- and at the county level. And of course, Article six, which talks about devolution and access to services. So um, the next thing that I um, want us to talk about is what are the characteristics of Kenya's devolution? Of course, we know devolution is different depending on country to country basis. What are some of the characteristics when it comes to our devolution?
1: Um as, uh, as uh, you've talked about uh, Article 6, um, Article 6 talks about the establishment of 47 counties. and so um, the the devolution in Kenya uh, is under 47 counties. And the the two levels of government, that is the national government and, um, and the, the county government, are two distinct governments. But they are interdependent. Mm-hmm. They are distinct, but interdependent. Mm-hmm. Um, other characteristics of the of devolution also is that it is a it is a unit that is able to sustain itself through revenue collection. Um, I will talk later about the uh, its its leadership, but um, its uh, its territories or boundaries are established by the IEBC. So those are the, some of the characteristics of the county government.
0: Yes, and also the county governments have been given constitutional authority to, of course, make legislation and enforce them. And another thing that I like that you've said is the fact that they are interdependent. So basically, those two have to work in harmony. And so they are consultative and cooperative. You know, they can consult, they cooperate with each other. You cannot come up with a law that is against... You know the national um, such things. Yeah. So um, another thing that I probably think that um, we should also talk about a little bit: can these two can these two separate um, governments be taken to court? Like, can you sue the county governments, and can you sue the national government?
1: Yes, 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 yes. You can sue the the county government. We have had uh, cases of the county government being sued. Uh, as I said, they are they are distinct. They are distinct. You can also sue the national government. Mm -hmm. You can sue sue the state. uh, That is uh, the AG. Mm -hmm. So they can be taken to court, especially when uh, um, what you call legal compliance. Uh, We have uh, instances where the county governments do not comply maybe to some legislation or they pass legislation that uh, they beat the purpose of the constitution at large or other legislations. They can be taken to court. They can be sued. Yeah. they can uh, pay damages and so on
0: mm-hmm. yes okay so um you've already talked about the objects you know the objects of um of devolution and you've talked about how it promotes democratic and accountable exercise of power it promotes national unity you've also talked about how it facilitates the decentralization of state organs and ensures that this checks and balances let's Let's talk about um, um, the principles of devolution. What are the principles of devolution according to our constitution?
1: So, so uh, Article One Seventy Five, the Constitution of Kenya, spells out three essential principles of devolution. And number one is that county governments uh, shall be based on democratic principles and the separation of powers. Um, number two, uh, county governments shall have a reliable source for revenue collection, so that it enables them to run. Uh, the activities and number three most important is that no more than two-thirds of membership of representation in bodies shall be of the same gender Mm
0: -hmm. that's um, i'm almost laughing at that because we have that (laughs) very well embedded in these laws of ours but like when you go to the ground things are different but one of the counties that i really love and i feel like they have really um tried to achieve the two-thirds gender rule is probably nakuru no, most women are there. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 Nakuru. Nakuru is doing great. Yeah. Yeah, but um, <clears throat> as a, as we, we cast that coin, we should also, you know, lay reference from the national government <laughs> with, the, with the appointment of the cabinet secretaries. We also expected that, you know, it should have started there. True. Yeah, it should yeah. have started there so that the counties they have a, a role model to yes. look up to and implement the same.
0: Yes, for sure. But it was always... always
1: if the head is rotten, <laughs> yes.
0: Okay, so I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, let's move to our next um topic for uh, our next issue that I'd want us to discuss. Are all counties the same? And this is important in our discussion because we then ask ourselves, in budget allocation, should they be treated equally? So are they the same?
1: Um the counties are not the same. Mm-hmm. that one I must say. Mm-hmm. We have those uh, that are in urban cities and uh, and counties in the rural rural areas. yeah, they are not the same. their needs are not the same.
0: yeah
1: And uh, when it comes to budgetary allocation, mm-hmm. they have been factored in eh, as uh, especially those who that are in in rural areas, they have been factored in as marginalized. And when there's the the division of the national revenue to the counties, they tend to get a, a higher amount so that it uplifts their standards from where they are mm-hmm. to some reasonable levels that they can compare with other counties.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and and um, a recent development is the issue raised on one man one vote, eh? and I believe this is a matter of politics. Uh, one man one vote, so that uh, when it comes to revenue sharing. Uh, the national cake should be shared according to the number of people in that count and what they raise, other than uh, the marginalisation and so on. So, counties are not the same, and uh, we pray that uh, going forward, even the the revenue allocation can recognise that, and uh, so that those counties that are down there in rural areas, they they need a lot, especially in infrastructural development, education, health. They should be given much more, so that there is that equity. Yeah. Yes.
0: For sure. For sure. And how does the constitution of Kenya ensure that the um? How is the structure of the county government? How does the constitution, or rather, other acts of parliament?
1: Uh, the structure of the county government in matters leadership.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, we have the governor.
0: Mm-hmm. We
1: have the governor who is the who is the head, the head of the of the county, like a president of the county. Then deputized by the deputy governor. Then we have the county executive. So, county government has the legislature and uh, and the executive. And under the executive when we have the governor, the deputy, mm-hmm. uh, the county executive committees, and, uh, and other members that are nominated to sit in that uh, in that committee. Of course, the speaker is an ex officio member. Then we have the legislature uh, under the county government, which is which which comprises of the the MCS forming the county. Assembly Mm
0: -hmm. and I like the fact that you've mentioned the county assembly. So, how is a county assembly established and who is a member to this county assembly?
1: Um, so, uh, a county assembly comprises of members who have been elected to represent each word. So, if a a county has 35 words like mine uh, Mm -hmm. from Kilifi, we have 35 MCAs, then we have those who are nominated. Nominated MCAs, especially to balance the gender card, to make sure no more than two thirds of members in that county assembly are of the same gender. Um, to be eligible to to vie as a, as, a, as an MCA, you have to be a Kenyan citizen, a registered voter, eighteen years and above. Mm-hmm. Um, should of course be of sane mind. Yeah. Uh, not bankrupt. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and and uh, generally to satisfy the the provisions of Chapter Six of the Constitution of Kenya. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that is what comprises the the Count Assembly. The, there's also the Speaker,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, who is elected by members of the Count Assembly once they are they have been sworn in. Uh, the Speaker also has a deputy. Yeah, but uh, of course the Speaker is an ex officio member of the uh, of the Count Assembly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so basically we've done a lot. We've talked about um, the county assembly. The next thing would be, what are the duties and the responsibility of a county assembly member?
1: Um, count assembly members, first of all, um, their duties, one is representation. They represent the people in the county assembly. Number two is making laws, which is legislation. Mm-hmm. They, oversight, they exercise oversight over the governor. And that's why they have the power to impeach him or even summon him. Yeah. Uh, for 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 questioning, mm-hmm. they vet the you know the CECs. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I talked about uh, making laws. Eh? Yeah, yeah. They vet the CECs um, bills. Mm-hmm. They, they debate about bills that touch on their jurisdiction only, not not as matters of national concern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, they also pass the budget for the county they approve, and also the members that are nominated, the members that are nominated to the executive, they have to be, they are appointed by the governor, but with the approval of the members of county assembly. Yes.
0: Okay, that is well understood. Um, you've also mentioned at least about the qualification that one has to have in order to become a county assembly, and you've said they have to have a sound mind, they should not be bankrupt. Of course, they have to be a registered voter, and um Of course, the issue of education is another thing that (laughs) we, in Kenya, every time there's an election, people seem to have an issue when it comes to the educational educational requirements. But from the elections acts, um, they required at least one to have finished the form four level of education. Of course, it has been um, that law has been called unconstitutional. Yani, we've just been here and there when it comes to that. But of course, the moral and the ethical requirements always apply. Yeah. So um, the next thing that I would want us to talk a little bit more about is the county executive. How is the county executive established?
1: Um, the county, the county executive is uh, is first headed by by the governor,
0: okay.
1: uh, the deputy governor. Okay. Then we have uh, members appointed by the governor with the approval of the assembly from among persons who are not members of the assembly. So the governor will appoint them. Then uh, they'll be taken to the county assembly for voting, and if the assembly approves, then they become members uh, of the executive. Uh, and these members, one-third of the number of members of the account assembly, if that assembly has less than 30, 30 members,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or 10 if the assembly has 30 or more members. Actually, the the, the criteria here is to meet the, the gender rule mm-hmm. that not more than two-thirds of those members appointed shall be of the same gender. Yeah, Yeah. and uh, the account executive committee is headed by the governor, and uh, in his absentia, the deputy governor, uh, shall act as the head and the head of the uh, the county executive committee which is actually acting governor yeah yes
0: okay so um basically the county is for the county executive the governor is the head the members are appointed by the governor who of course are vetted and approved by the county assembly that's what i'm hearing from you
1: yeah and, and um the the Cs are like uh the the equitably of uh, our yes mm-hmm. because they have those positions also you'll see these are CEC, based uh no uh, responsible for gender youth uh devolution and planning yeah you know such finance education health yeah.
0: Yeah, so b- because basically a county is like a cabinet. Yes. Okay, that is well understood. So what are the duties and the responsibilities of a governor? We've talked about the governor being the head of the county um, executive and also being the head of the county. What are th- what are his or her duties?
1: Uh, constitutionally, the governor uh, ascends or descends to bills that have been um uh, that have gone through the the county assembly, mm-hmm. uh, he makes sure that uh, implementation of national legislation in the county. Mm-hmm. He represents the county at uh, the national level or even internationally. Yeah. As I said, also um, the the appointment of um, the members of the CECs, of course, with the approval of the count assembly. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the steward he's the steward uh, actually of the county, and therefore he has to preside over the functions of the CECs.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yes. I totally understand what you mean. Of course, um, you're basically also saying that he has to facilitate participation by the citizen, especially in the county governance affair. And of course, um, things like also preparing reports and such things are some of uh, his or her duties. So what are the requirements for you to be a governor? If I want to run for govern- for being a governor, what should I fulfill?
1: um first you should be a registered voter you should uh, you should be also a resident of that county uh you should be of sound mind of course fulfill the the requirements of chapter six. you should not be bankrupt yeah and you should I believe at this point we are reaching a consensus on the educational requirement mm-hmm. and you should have a degree
0: yeah
1: yeah you should have a degree yeah yes
0: that's well understood. So um, the next question would be um, when it comes to removal from office, at what point can you be removed from office, especially if you're a member of a county assembly and if you're a member of a county executive? And also how can a governor be removed from office?
1: Let me start by a governor. A governor, uh, the office of the governor can fall vacant when he dies, mm-hmm. uh, when he resigns. Uh, when he's impeached, the, the members of the counter assembly have that power mm-hmm. to impeach, which which are after impeachment, the file will be handed over to the Senate for a motion and then the senators will take a vote and um, if successfully, then the governor loses that seat. If not, then he's reinstated back. Again, uh, you can cease to be eligible to be elected because maybe you cannot perform your duties. Maybe you 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 became handicapped or something happened along the way that you cannot you are not fit to hold office. Mm-hmm. You can be removed for gross violation of the constitution as um, that is the primary key you have to protect uphold and defend the constitution. Yeah, and if there are serious reasons to believe that a governor has committed a crime under national or international law, he can be removed from office. And uh, I talked about um, the incapacitation that you are you are no longer in a position to discharge your duties as uh before yeah. for members of county assembly yeah if he resigns if he dies he can be, uh, the the office of the mca can fall vacant in that in that uh in that way
0: yeah yeah also maybe if you also um have been convicted by a court of law and you are imprisoned for more than 6 months automatically yes. you are yeah. removed from you cease to be a member of the county assembly yeah so then, the next um thing that I'd also want us to briefly talk about: what are some of the functions of the county executive committee?
1: Um, the functions of the county executive committees: one is to implement the county legislations. Once the county assembly has um, debated a bill, passed it, and the governor has assented to it, then it is it falls on the burdens uh, on the shoulders of the um, uh, the county executive committees to make sure that it is implemented. Then. Uh, There's also the implementation within the county, the national legislations that have been passed at the National Assembly. It also falls under the mandate of the county executive committees. Also to manage and coordinate the functions of the county administrative and its departments. As I said, um, the the CECs are in different departments. We have one for, uh, like I'll talk about my county, for sports, gender, and the youth. We have education, health, finance, urban planning. Mm-hmm. We have blue economy. Yeah. So they have to coordinate and manage um, those affairs. Um, they also perform any other functions that are conferred to them by the constitution or national legislation. Remember, laws are dynamic. There could be an implementation of implementation of a, a legislation that was not in place when they are coming in. And once it is in, then they'll have to perform such other functions. Yeah. Yes.
0: That is well understood. And so another important factor when it comes to governance, especially county governance, is citizen participation. Of course, because the constitution gives sovereign power to the people of Kenya, it also emphasizes citizen participation in all um, the chapters in the forms of values and principles. So then the next question would be, um, how can a citizen participate in the governance of counties?
1: Yeah uh, as as we stated earlier on the objects of uh, of devolution mm-hmm. um it is to recognize the rights of communities to manage their own affairs and to further their development and uh this happens through public participation at at the county level and it is uh, you see uh the county government has structures all the way to the grassroots eh? from the MCA we have what you call the water administrator mm-hmm. Then he he coordinates with the village elders all the way downwards, and uh, whenever there is an issue, especially with the budget or proposed projects, they go down to the grassroots where uh, that grandma can say, "This is what we want and this is uh, what we don't want." Uh, right now, I'll, I'll 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 give many examples from my county. Mm-hmm. There is a there is a proposal to to confirm municipality to some towns. In the constituencies in Kilifi, and and uh, citizens have been called to come out uh, at their ward level. Here, yeah, the word administrator will be there and officials from the county, so that their opinions are taken into consideration as to why and uh, why not that their towns should be upgraded to municipalities. So they are also chief barazas. You know, the the the, the county government has so many channels to reach to the grassroots, and that's why it is called devolution. So they can come out. There are these campaigns, you know, yeah. and 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 they can say for for sure, decentralizing uh, these powers have really helped uh, to enrich the people down there and participate in their own affairs. Mm-hmm. Remember, what is in uh, in need in another constituency in the same court might be very different uh, from another constituency and another constituency. Each constituency has its own needs, and the county government. Uh, can narrow down to that specific constituent, not under national government, but under its powers as a as a county government, so that it addresses the specific needs of those people.
0: Okay, that is yes. well understood. So basically um I also hear you saying that um of course when you're conducting elections, that is you participating. Yes. When you're also um, making laws through petitions, that is you participating. When you're also joining in, in referendums and budget um planning processes, that is also you um um participating in your county governance. So let's move on to the um, matters of finances and uh, and county governance. What are the next, what are other sources of revenues that counties may have? Because we know that under Article 203, Subsection 2, it's clear that for every financial year, revenue has to be raised nationally and allocated to gov- county governments. And of course, it should not be less than 50% of all revenue collected by the national government. So how then is a county able to to um to come up with a source of revenue
1: um the county government can uh, actually the major the major source of revenue is the the taxes they collect taxes they get loans they can take loans from uh, the national government and even internationally they have that capacity to borrow they, they also rely on grants. Yes. Yeah. Grants and donations. Also, the county governments do business. They can do business. Yeah. Service delivery at a fee so that mm-hmm. they are able to raise money to, you know, to finance their activities. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, the, those are some of the ways the county government can raise money.
0: Okay. That is well yeah. understood. And of course, it makes sense for, 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 for them to be able, or rather, to be in a position where they can raise money because then if you're not able to raise money it basically means you're not able to conduct your day to day activities sure sure and of course you've talked about um article 2 or 3 and of course you cannot forget article 204 that talks about the equalization fund which ensures that the special groups and regions that were left out in terms of development at least they are pulled back in just in case a specific regime yeah. had left them out so um I really have enjoyed this discussion on matters devolution. It has really been eye-opening to us. I don't know which which other do you have some parting sentiments that you could probably share with us?
1: Um I will say uh the, the, the institution of devolution is one that um we are proud of as Kenyans. Mm-hmm. And um though there are challenges here and there, I can say Rome was not built in one day. Yeah. We should give it time build brick and uh, brick by brick seal all the loopholes that uh, may bring this institution of devolution down mm-hmm. and ensure that all leaders that we elect at all county at at uh, both levels of government whether the national or the county government are people who will defend protect and uphold this constitution and especially the institution of devolution. Yes. Remember Kenyans delivered a baby Mm-hmm. Called the, uh, the Constitution of Kenya 2010, yeah. and we should not give it to child traffickers. Yeah, we should not give yeah. it to child traffickers
0: for sure. For sure, yes. I do agree with you. And of course, um, thank you again for coming here to like share your insights on matters devolution. In case you guys have a question, feel free to ask about it. Feel free to also go read the constitution, things like you know, Article um, 174, 175, 176 those are some of the important ones that we have and of course um we also have the um parliament the Acts of parliaments that we have we have things like Constitu- constituencies development fund act of 2013 which of course right now is raising a lot of issues as well we also have county assemblies powers and privileges act county assembly services act county government act Intergovernmental Relations Act. This one helps at least with how the relations between the county governments and national governments form. We also have the National Government Coordination Act. Public Appointments, that is the county assembly's approval. Public Finance Management Act is also key. Public Service Act. We can never talk about public service without talking about the Public Service Act because it's key on values and principles. Um, Urban Areas and Cities Act. Feel free to indulge yourselves more. And thank you guys for listening. Until next time, bye.